Just have a, a great morning. We're, uh, we're, you've come at a great time. We're, we're starting our new year uh, with this series called uh, Resolution. Resolution. And thought, you know, to kick off, uh, I kind of he- heard this name and title uh, elsewhere at a, another church, North Point, and thought, uh, let's take that. We just like this idea, and so we're kind of going to play with this idea uh, over the next few weeks of, you know, what is really the best way, if you will, to approach a new year. How do we, we've got a unique moment in time when, when the new year comes around. And it's sort of arbitrary to, you know, pick, pick a date or that kind of thing. But you know what, the reality is we know we, we have this moment where it's like a new year has, has begun. How do we make the most of a moment like that? And one of the things that, that we sometimes do, and, and a common thing, is of course to make resolutions. You know, this is the things I'm going to do differently. This is the changes I'm going to make. This is what my life will look like. The plans that I'm going to make for my life to look different this year. Um, but we're going to think about, you know, maybe there's a, a different way to approach that than what we normally do. I actually was watching a, a part of a, I don't know, one of the morning kind of talk shows last week at some point, and and they said, you know, after the break why resolutions are bad for your health. And I thought, whoa, resolutions, bad for your health. Like what, you know, what does that give you? You know, like everything, it's like everything, there's nothing that's, so I thought, I wonder why they're, why they're so bad for your health. And so I came back and they had this, uh, this is, I think she may have been a professor, uh, but there had been all this research done at Harvard on uh, resolutions and why they're, they're bad. So I thought, okay, why they're bad? She said, the thing about resolutions, she said, well, it really, you know, it kind of begins in this reality that you know, resolutions are usually a negative thing. So you're thinking about something you want to give up often something that you usually like. And so we, we often approach these resolutions by giving up or get rid of, you know, things that we actually may have liked. And I thought, that does sound bad. I'd been thinking about giving up fast food, but if I'm hearing you correctly, that would have a negative effect. And I turned the channel before she could say anything else. thought, disaster averted, you know, so... But she, uh, actually, I watched it a couple more minutes, uh, and she said, you know, and, and sometimes we have these big goals, and they're, they're, you know, just huge change you can't do. There's kind of some negative feelings come with that, and, and let down all these things. And, and then, uh, then I did flip, because, you know, who can watch more than four minutes of anything? So, um, so but the thing I thought, you know, this is kind of, you know, I, I think really, you know, resolution, I think the idea of actually looking at your life and thinking, you know, what kinds of things do I want to be part of my life, not part of my life, I think that's a good thing. I don't, you know, they're not necessarily bad, but how we go about them can, you know, be a, a big part of the problem. Uh, we can end up, sometimes we set these goals with no thought of how, but what we're going to kind of do, what we're going to hope to do is actually revision the whole resolution kind of process and, and look at it differently and look at you know the, the scriptures obviously give us all this wisdom for life and what life is meant to be about and and if we can maybe look and tap into some of that this January uh, we'll kind of see how can we apply that uniquely to a time like a new year because a new year does for whatever reason it makes us feel a sense of, of often kind of a new start is possible, new things are possible. And, and so, but maybe there's some ways that the scriptures would, would want to speak to us in, in how we go about framing that. So that's the idea of a resolution, uh, is maybe looking a little bit differently at how we, how we make these plans in our lives. Uh, so this morning, we're going to start uh, by looking at a, a psalm, a psalm. 77. 
And in this psalm, there's a, a psalmist writing, and uh, he's really feeling quite down about his life. It's actually what's called a lament psalm. He's, he's feeling anxious. He's feeling worked up. In the beginning of the psalm, he even talks about not being able to sleep. He's almost got insomnia. He's just feeling, you know, very unsettled about the future. Uh, and, and in fact, he goes uh, so far as to begin to, as, he, as he's kind of thinking about something, no one actually knows the background exactly of what was going on in, in the psalmist's life, the person who wrote this psalm's life at the time, but it was obviously feeling quite down about some things. We're going to read some of the questions he begins to ask in Psalm 77 verse 7. After kind of, you know, living in that space a bit, he now asks these questions. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Psalmist is asking all these questions, which is a good thing to do. Sometimes we think, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, express some of my concerns or fears or wondering about God. No, no, no. The Psalms are this great picture. We should always feel free and able to, to express what's happening, what we're thinking. And what this psalmist was feeling was this very unsettled feeling about the future and wondering, where is God? And whatever he was kind of going through, where is God? And will this last forever? How long will this go on? Is his love gone forever? Is his favor gone forever? Like what, what's going to happen? You see, he's approaching the future, feeling very uncertain about it at this point. And I think really the, the, the simple reality is there for all of us. Now, you may not be in a, a space where you're looking at 2016 feeling like, whoa, you know, this kind of level of, of, of anxiousness, of, of concern, of, of, of worry. You may not be in that space. Many of us aren't. I think in, in, in Perth at New Year's, uh, it's actually much more easy to feel optimism. I, I read those verses and, and growing up experiencing New Year's in, in Akron, Ohio, I read those words of, you know, is your love gone for forever? And you felt that in January. You just, it was just gray and snowy and slushy. And you wondered, like, Lord, what, what have we done to deserve this? And it's like the sun doesn't come out till nine in the morning. And then it's gone at like four. And you, why, Lord, how long? You know, so, so you know what? Many of us in this room may not. But that being said, I, there are others who you're, you're sitting here today and looking at the year. And actually you do feel even despite the sunshine and the beaches and all those things, you may feel, you know, what does this year hold? Where is God in my situation right now? So you may be in anywhere from, from that kind of space where he is to, you know what, actually, I'm, I'm enjoying the sun. This is great. And you're looking forward to the year with optimism. You're thinking this is going to be a great year. You're feeling that. But no matter where you are on that spectrum, there is a certain degree of uncertainty, whether we like to admit it or not, about the future and about 2016. There's just no way to know what will happen in 2016. Um, so we sometimes approach a year and then in that think, well, now I'll make these resolutions. I'll do these things. And if I do X, Y, and Z, then these things will happen. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good year. There's a real problem with, with that kind of thinking is, uh, in some ways, we can make all the plans and resolutions we want, but life will happen. And, and that's one of the challenges. So here, watch what the psalmist 
does instead. So he's in that space, uncertain about the future, wondering, asking these questions, but he's going to turn. He's expressed kind of how he's feeling, but now he's going to kind of shift gears. And he says this. Have, have a look at verse 10. He says, then, after that, after I was asked these questions, worried about these things, then I thought, to this I will appeal. This is what I'm going to look to. This is what I'm going to think about. This, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I love that phrase. Go back for a second. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. He's beginning to shift his attention and focus from, will this last forever? What's going to happen in the future? To, I'm going to appeal to this. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, when he was doing something. And then he says, going on, verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. He's going to remember these things. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. See, the word we're going to think about today, and every week we're going to kind of think about one different word. Instead of just resolution, today we're going to think about the word remember. Remember. There may be a different way to approach the future is to actually remember the past. You see, we live in a culture that is very future-orientated. So when we come to a new year, we're often looking forward, thinking 2016, what are my resolutions? What are my goals? What am I going to do different? Here's all the things that I want to achieve and accomplish and, and change in 2016. We look to the future. Now, one of the things about the, the, the people of the scriptures knew that sometimes we forget is that there is incredible power when we, instead of making more resolutions, simply remember the past. And very specifically, what God has done in the past. The years when he stretched out his mighty hand. All his works, his, his mighty deeds, his miracles. I'm going to remember that. He says, I'm going to meditate on it. Consider it. It's like he's going to chew it all over in his mind. He's going he's to take his focus, which was in the beginning about what's going to happen in the future. Will his hand be gone forever? And he's like, I'm going to put it in the past. And I'm going to instead begin to focus here. And I'm going to remember all that God has done. You see, the, we have a very future orientated worldview and a very future orientated mindset. I want you to imagine for a moment that this screen uh, represents 2015. Okay, this is the past. And this screen over here represents 2016. Western culture, Western civilization as a whole and throughout its history has always been a very future focused culture and worldview. What's ahead? You know, history is progressing. We're trying to advance. We set goals. We plan. 2016 comes. What am I going to do? Change goals, etc. Where am I going to go? What holiday will I take? I, I've started working. I'm going to start, you know, my superannuation. Everything is geared towards the future. We're always focused on the future. And in so many ways, never more than this time of year. The biblical people, the Hebrew people, their worldview and their mindset was actually not future focused, it was always past focused. In fact, that's why you'll see the words remember uh, as much as just about any phrase almost in the whole of the Old Testament. 
Remember, you'll see them talk about the story of God delivering the Israelites out of Egypt and splitting the Red Sea over and over again. They were always focused on what God has done in the past. In fact, the Hebrew word for back, like your, your actual back, was the same as their word for the future. They come from the same meaning. So when they wanted to, to choose their word that means future, they, they used it off the same word that they used for back. They're very concrete language, ancient Hebrew, very concrete. And so the reason those two words are the same is because in their mindset, your back is always pointed towards the future. Little known story, that was kind of a, where they got the idea for back to the future. Is, <laughs> can, I saw a documentary and I might have missed that part. I'm not sure. I don't know. Very, very little known fact. And, but this is their idea. We, we imagine that history is always kind of progressing this way and we're walking into the future and we're setting goals and doing things. They said, no, 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 you go with your back into the future because no one can see the future. What you can see is the past. And where has God worked? Where can we see his hand at work? In the past. We can see all the things he's done, his mighty deeds, his outstretched arms, his miracles, his deeds, all these things. So to remember is, I think it's an entirely different way of approaching a new year. This is, this is kind of the resolution, you know, what if instead of, what if instead of approaching this year and just kind of, yep, January 1st, what are all the things that I want to do? What are the dreams? What are the visions? What's God going to call me to? What are all the things I want to change in my life? What if we started the year instead remembering the past, remembering what God has done? Because the incredible thing that happens is that when you remember what God has already done, and you're looking at, wow, I can see how his hand was at work there. I can see how he's, how he's led, how he's guided, how he's directed. Something happens in you and you're filled now, not with worry and anxiety about what's out here. You're filled with faith. And you're filled with peace. Because you think, you know what? The same God that I see at work back here, I know that no matter what's over here, he's going to be with me. And he's going he's to he's walk me through it. It's that whole, I may not know the future, but I know who holds it. You know, this is what happens inside us. And so I want to I encourage you to this year, as you begin a fresh year, and you think about how do I make the most of this moment, a new year, to start your year by remembering all the ways God's hand was at work last year. That before you turn around and start thinking about this year, Remember all you saw him do last year. And, 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 and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to turn to face the future. There's obviously other scriptures. Lots of things to talk about planning and vision. All these things. Those are good. But we in our culture can become so future orientated. We forget to remember. And, and, and something powerful happens when we do. The psalmist goes on from here to, to recount the deeds really of, of the Exodus in particular and how God split the waters and he puts in this poetic language and, and he's singing about how God's been at work in these miraculous, powerful ways and he's allowing that to shape then his heart and his view of the future. And, and, and what I want to encourage you is this, this week even, to spend some time remembering what God did last year. And here's what I can tell you. No matter, 
Some, of you, some people will have had, you had a great year. You saw God just do amazing things. It was one of those kind of miracle years. You saw his provision. You saw his hand. You saw the water split apart and great things happen. And others of you, you may go, man, I look at last year and you're like, Dean, if I look at it, you don't understand. God wasn't even at work. Here's what I will guarantee you. No matter how low some of the valleys will have been, if you will draw near to him and ask him to help you see his hand in it, you will see that there's been grace even in the lowest of valleys. You'll see that no matter what, and I've seen people go through incredible things, unimaginable things, and yet in those moments they see that God is faithful yet. And that actually even in some of the most painful moments, there are these small, small deposits of grace that kind of just get you through. And I want to encourage you to, to, so no matter what, there may be an easy exercise, it may be a difficult one, but if you will look back and you will say, God, would you open my eyes to see all the ways you were at work in my life last year, it will fill you with something. It will fill you with something as you begin to step backwards into a new year. I thought, today I thought might, might be fun just for a few moments I'll give you, you know, I guess in, in some ways, a little, little example of this. I thought, you know, every one of us, we have our individual stories. And, and then we, as a church, we have our, our collective story. Uh, as a community of people, the things that we've seen, you know, God do uh, amongst us. So I just thought, I'll just pick three highlights from last year. Because as a church, as we approach a new year, uh, you know, it's so easy to want to be like, yeah, God, what's ahead? And, and vision and all these things. And, or, or to feel like, wow, we don't know what will happen. But no, let's just stop and remember what we saw him do last year. Because life moves so fast that before you know it, you know, we take things for granted. And we don't even remember that, wow, that was actually something God did. Here's, here's three, uh, I'm going to give you three kind of highlight moments for us, things that I think are good for us to remember as a church from last year. You know, it, it's, it's almost kind of hard to remember because it feels like it's been so long, but it's not even yet a year ago that we went from becoming, from being tr uh, Whitford Church to True North Church. It's only been nine months ago. It was nine months ago that we gathered, March 22nd, in the Warwick Leisure Center. Our, our, our whole church gathered in one spot at one time uh, to step into a, a new name together. And believing that when God changes someone's name, it's not just about a, a word. It's about calling into a, a, new, a new identity and a new purpose and a new future. And now, uh, uh, not even a year later, it, it's so easy to almost take it for granted. And some, some of you may have come uh, recently and, uh, and, 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 and you don't even know that there used to be a different name. You've only known this church as True North Church. But for those of us who've been here longer, it's important to remember God led us through that. And the thing that I think is easy to forget on this side becomes it comes kind of almost default, just used to it now. But before that moment, before that night, there was a, a lot of anxiety around about the whole process. There were some who found it difficult in the lead up to, to let go of an old name and, and got there. And, and I'm amazed at just the, the willingness of our church to go through change and, and step into new things. And there are other people who are happy for it to change but really worried it was going to be something lame. And just thinking, what are we going to be called? And, you know, and other people are like, oh man, I, I hope he's joking about the Phil song thing. But I don't know. What if that's it? Phil's got a lot of power, you know, he's, he's got, I don't know if that's right, but anyway, the, you know, 
There's all this like, what if, what if? And then it was like, this moment comes and, and, and just, you know, and people, even the moment it kind of came on the screen, people clapped and cheered and, and I've never seen so much support and just, it was unbelievable how people, and people would say to me all the time, it's like it was just a page flipped in a book. I've never seen something happen so smooth. Even just in the last few weeks, I didn't be like, wow, you know, I was just thinking again, that was really amazing. It's just like nothing ever missed a beat. It just, it just was such a good thing and it's been such a good thing. And you know what? What you realize is that's, that's because God was directing our paths. That's because, you know what, we, we, may, we worry about these things and what's going to happen and what if this and what if that. But no, no, no. What we need to remember is God's hand was on us. And the reason it's been so smooth and all these things is, is because God was leading us. And God wasn't going to give us a, a lame name. He wasn't going to do something like, you know. And, and now... Nine months later, a year, a year, you think about a year ago, to, to step into our church at almost any level, it's a completely different experience. And we're seeing more and more new people step in and engage with this place. And, and it's just good for us to remember. So the next time, you know, because I was thinking we might want to change our name again this year. Not just joking. But just, just kidding. But what this stuff means is, you know what? Hey, we don't know. I don't know. None of us know exactly what's in 2016, but you know what? God's hand is on us. And whatever it is, there's no point feeling worried or anxious because he's leading us. You know, another great moment, 2015, to remember for me, was, was uh, the day we broke ground up at Merwa. Now, this, this morning that it took place on, you know, this is about uh, April last, last year, this is a moment that was literally... 20 years in the making. You know, right now, walls are going up. This year, we'll open it up. By next year, we'll just seem like old hat that there is an entire, you know, campus meeting on that space. But if we don't, we need to remember this was God at work. This moment right here, for 20, it was 1995, that block of land was purchased by Churches of Christ to have a church established on it. It was a 20-year journey to get to that moment. And there's twists and turns and, and everybody plays their part along the way. And then we got to be a part of that moment and seeing that happen. And that's, again, this stuff's not normal. These kinds of things don't just happen. You realize when you see something like that, that taking a 20-year journey, it's gotten there because God's hand has led it is guided, is directed, has brought it all to that moment. We remember God was at work in this. One of my favorite things about that picture and that morning was here it was, we'd finally come to that day and breaking that ground. And it's, you know, six in the morning and people are rocking up and it's pitch dark and it's cold and, and, and all, all kinds of people who were able and wanted to, to be there for that moment and to pray over it and just to see it happen. And that group of people, the amazing thing to me about the group of people who were gathered there was it was, uh, it was not this campus or that campus. It was True North Church. There was just, you know, it was, a, you know, some of the people who, who've been up in the campus up there, some, it was, and you couldn't even tell, it was just like, it was just everybody. And I love that because there probably was a time where it felt a little bit more like this was for them. Or this is for us. 
And you just realize in this moment, one of the things we've seen God do is bring about an incredible, really unique sense of unity and purpose in this church. And I talk to people who pastor, and I know lots of spaces where people have multi-campus church, and the challenges that it always is to help, uh, to, to get to a space where everybody just feels like it's, it's, we're all in this together, and whatever it takes, we're all for that. And that's a unique thing, and God has done that in this place. That's who we are. There's not a sense of this is for, for us or them or, or, or anything like that. There's only a sense of what does God want? How does God want us together to advance his kingdom? And what does that mean? And I just love that picture of the unity. We've got to remember these things don't just happen. God has done something great. The last uh, highlight I'll give you from last year from me. Uh, we had last year uh, 32 baptisms. 32 baptisms. Can we clap for that? I mean, that's 32 people. You know, it, it's, a, it's a number, but those are not just numbers. Every one of those is a name, is a story. 32 people is almost one, it's more than one person a fortnight. Do you know, the national average in Australia for churches, how many baptisms the average church in Australia has per year is right around one. And that, that, that obviously you've got some churches with tons, Tons, you've got some with zero and nothing's happening. And what you realize is, and, and this not ever to kind of compare and say, well, that means it doesn't necessarily mean we're doing a good job. But what it does mean is you say, wow, God is doing something here. God's at work. We get to be a part of what God's done. And if we wonder, you know, can this person's life change? Can that person's life change? We've seen God 32 lives just last year. What an amazing thing. We've seen people put their faith in him for the first time. We've seen young people make a choice to say, I'm making this my own. I'm following Christ. We've seen just incredible story after story. And you think about the, the things we've seen on this video screen, the stories. It's, we have seen God do great things. And we don't have to wonder, is God at work? We can look to the past and know God is at work in our midst because nobody makes a decision to lay down their life and to go through the waters and die to themselves and do this all in public unless the Spirit of God is at work in their lives. And we've been able to be a part of that, to witness that, to see it in our midst. You know, I, I could go on and on and on. You know, uh, they're, they're grabbing three, but I mean, I could go on and all the things that have happened, the stories that come back through our connect groups, the, the, the people who prayed out loud in front of someone else for the first time, the people who, who served on a team for the first time, what that meant, or, or stepped up to lead a connect group for the first time, even though they felt so, you know, nervous about that. I could tell, you know, if we just look at Christmas alone, just two weeks ago, all we saw God do, and the provision for Summerlee to come back, and the stories I could share with you that have come back from people from all kinds of channels about the impact that Carol's had on their life or the food. I mean, it could go on and on and on. And, and it's important that we actually do stop and remember that before we start going, what's God want to do this year? And, and how, what's his dream for my life and plan and purpose? Man, to stop and remember, wow. Let's not lose that. Let's not forget all we've seen him do. Let's remember that and let's let it fuel faith and peace and confidence. So when it's time to start stepping into the future, we go just knowing God is with us. Wouldn't you love to have that in your life? Wouldn't that be a better way to start 2016? To know, you know what? There's going to come a time where it's good to make plans and goals and set vision. But wouldn't it be great to just say, I'm going to start 2016 
just remembering that the same God who's been faithful in the past is going to be ahead of me in the future. Amen. And I want to encourage you to just do one thing. You know, this one is not something that can happen this morning, but would you do this one thing? Would you this week, when you get alone with God and have that time with him in your life, and if that's not something you normally do, maybe you don't even normally come to church, this is all brand new to you, I want to encourage you to just do this. To say, I'm going to set aside this a bit of time where it's quiet. Maybe just have a, a notebook and a pen and just pray a simple prayer and say, God, would you help me to see all the ways your hand was at work in my life in 2015? Would you help me to remember all the ways I saw you at work, all the ways you provided, all the ways you met me in the difficulties, all the good gifts that you just poured out in my life that you didn't even have to, but you just, it was just grace upon grace. Would you... Would you consider doing that this week? And you just spend that time and you pray and you ask God. You may have had one of those difficult years. You're like, I don't even know if it's there. I want to encourage you to sit and to just ask God, God, would you open my eyes to see how you were with me in that? And I guarantee you pray that prayer. He will begin to call to your mind. He'll, he'll begin to reveal to you and help you see because he's there. He's at work in each of our lives, no matter where you're coming from today. And maybe you'll just be able to sit there and just remember grace upon grace and just say, God, and spend that time just remembering and celebrating and saying, thank you, God. And now, as I start this year, I, I'm, I don't know what's ahead at all. I can't see the future, but God, I know you are with me. I've seen your hand in the past. I've seen the mighty deeds. And I'm going to approach this year full of faith. And so whatever you call me to, whatever you ask me to step into, I will go full of faith. Wouldn't that be an awesome way to start 2016? Let me pray for you in that today. Great God of this universe. You are the God of the past, the present, and the future. And Lord, we together today, we celebrate and remember and say thank you for all the ways we have seen you at work last year. Lord, as a church, as a community of faith together, as a family of believers in this room, we thank you for all the ways we saw your hand at work in our midst. 2015. Lord, I ask for each person in this room who takes up that that invitation to, to spend that time with you today, uh, this week. I pray that, Lord, as they sit down and, and reflect and remember all the ways your hand has been at work in their lives, that, God, you would meet them there. I pray for those who it may be harder to see, that, God, you would enlighten the eyes of their heart. They might see your hand at work in every season. And Lord, I pray for just that each person who will sit down to do that, your spirit would just call to mind and things that maybe weren't even noticed at the time, but God, you would help us to remember how good you've been, all you've done. May it fuel faith in our lives. Thank you, God, that we can trust you with the future. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. What a great message from our team this morning. Really encouraging and uh, what a powerful thing to, to remember what God has done.